What if I just spent this entire episode of Bird Road replying to um, help desk tickets that, <laughs> like, that somebody else replied back to me on? I picture you right now with like six ongoing tech support issues <laughs> different times. Well, okay. Well, expand on that. Like, what is it about me that makes you think that? I don't know. Because I, you think I'm a it's dummy. All, it, it's you think I'm a fucking bad. dummy. No, I don't think you're a dummy. I just think that you make poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> all this falls apart all these electronics well i don't see you coming to the rescue with any ideas i'm trying <laughs> as i can as i hear it sounds like you're talking to me through a pillow right now we, we should have been recording the whole time we were doing troubleshooting no we shouldn't we shouldn't no, we be shouldn't. exposing anybody to that bullshit <laughs> that shit is so stupid um i'm q and i'm jewish dave this is bird road this is Bird Road, the something, something, something podcast from the east to the west and all across the sea. I don't know why you keep tricking me into doing this with you. This is all a big ruse. What if I shut off all of our podcasting tomorrow because I was tired of it? I didn't care what you or any any of the people on any of the shows had to say about it. I'd, I'd have to email Todd to see how I could get my my podcast back. Good. Who's Todd? <laughs> um, I got a dog staring at me through this whole episode. For the next hour, he's going to just be staring care, into dude. my soul. I honestly just don't care about that. It's impossible for me to care about the, a dog staring at you. He should. Great. This is a real terse episode so far. You're <laughs> it's not, you're third really episode? not helping out. <laughs> so, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends about this show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at birdroad at allpointswest.net. I think that works. Um, you can call the phone, the phone number that we have. Uh, I'm not even going to let you promote piecing it together on this show anymore <laughs> because it's it's gotten out of hand. You're, <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Your your dual loyalties have gotten so far out of hand. Like you don't even care about this anymore. I I, I tried to to make a thing happen with this show last week. What does that mean? I, remember, I I tried to I tried to. I tried to do things that would would improve our workflow a little bit, but it just it failed. Yeah, and then you're just not available to record. I'm available tonight. We missed an entire week. Yeah, but we I so was depressed. available like three times, and we you were so depressed it. about Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> <laughs> taking his own life, a thing that he definitely did. I'm I'm wondering why we have the video going if that microphone is just going to be like completely blocking your face. I don't even see you. Hang on. <laughs> oh, is, this, is this just as good? Yeah, that's good. And now I can see your face. You're like, why do you need to see my face? I'm not even looking at yours. Well, I'm hanging out with you. This is us hanging out. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, Dave, we missed last week. Yeah, we were. 
on such a good roll and we missed yeah. last week. We had a hell of a show planned, but you are just you're a busy guy. We're busy we're busy people. We tried. We really did. We tried, but do we, do we want to like touch on any of what we were going to talk about last week or are we just moving forward? I'm insouciant. I'm not going to laugh at that because I don't know what it means. <laughs> it means demonstrating a, a casual lack of concern or indifference broadly. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's also you. What if I turn this into a bitch fest? <laughs> Isn't that what it is? A bitch sesh about the way that I feel about you. <laughs> We probably shouldn't have the video on. I know it's too distracting. It's too distracting. You're you're just too distracted by me, and I feel the need to show off for you. Um, I really wish we were kicking to an interview in this episode. No such luck. What uh, who would we be into? Who dream interview? Go. Badak Rajama. That's a hard get. Badak Jarama. Johnny Dramas. <sighs> Wayne Groofin. <laughs> the founder of Wendy's. <laughs> so like I say, we missed out. What's your theory, Dave? All right, like... So what do you think happened to Je- to to um the angel boy Jeffrey Epstein? I uh, do you think he was he committed suicide or was he suicided? Mhm. I, I I do think he was probably suicided. I I don't I don't subscribe to any particular uh conspiracy theory though on on the matter. I don't know that it was you know the Clintons or or for any particular reason but I, I, I think there's just something, something about it just doesn't sound right. And that's really as far as I know, you know? Yeah. The thing yeah, I no, always I... wonder is like, so, so, so Jeffrey Epstein's dead or, you know, maybe he's not. Let's get into a deep conspiracy theory. Maybe he's not. Some but poor he's... homeless person that <laughs> yeah. looks slightly like him. Yeah. Some like auto mechanic. <laughs> but uh, he, Some he's drifter the... from... <laughs> From upstate that they just caught on a on a freeway going through Albany. I want to know what happens to all of the kids. That's my question. The kids that he molested. Well, not that he molested. Wasn't he the, like trafficking the, kids too? The like, like odds are that they will grow up to be molesters too. Well, that, that makes sense as well. But I was actually going a step further maybe a little darker are they just like in a room right now like like locked in a room somewhere well that's Would... the thing that okay so like I, I think that this this story mostly gets paint, painted in really broad strokes and people tend to miss some of the nuance to it uh-huh. those pe- those women those they were girls at the time but I think most of them have, um, are, are older now and grown up um they're they're adults now, but they were children during the time that Jeffrey Epstein was so wait, perpetrating wait, horrible you, crimes to them. Just to be clear, you're you're saying that these things happened in the past; they weren't like ongoing right now. No, 
the reason that they came back to light. And yeah, I mean, like, no, not right now. My my mm. understanding is that there hadn't been any anything prior to like 2016. Oh, okay. I think that that was the most recent. Um, and my what really brought everything to light was the reporting during the course of the last two and a half years but of uh, Julie Brown at the mm-hmm. Miami Herald, um, who I used to work in the newsroom with. I didn't really work with her, but I, I, I knew her. But uh, she is, you know, a really dogged investigative journalist. And her tack, like the way that she went at this story, was to find as many of the victims as possible to get them to talk. And that's yeah. how the story entered back into the mainstream. They give out the Pulitzer, the Pulitzer Prize that everybody really wants in, in the world of journalism. That's like the most desired one is the public service Pulitzer mm-hmm. and the way that they tend to, because these things aren't always, you know, done on equal footing and done the same way every year in terms of judging these prizes. But the way that they give those out is like, did it, re- did the reporting result in real world change? Right. right. Did it like affect policy? Was there, a case that was reopened did some was somebody set free did somebody go to prison because mm-hmm. of the reporting and in that respect this reporting that she did is a lock for a for, for the public service pulitzer because it it resulted in the reopening of this case mm-hmm. and down to its like gory conclusion of this guy quote unquote killing himself um i <laughs> I'm so torn on the on the concept of whether or not this is like some crazy deep conspiracy theory because I really don't think that like I don't I, I he if on the like most broad level yes it's a conspiracy theory because there's it's a conspiracy because there are a lot of people who are well invested in this guy not telling every story that he could possibly tell and, and things are being sure, covered up one way or another right there's something yeah. being covered up one way or another. Whether somebody broke into his cell and killed him, there's a million different coincidences about the different people who had access to him, the different guards and like shift commanders who were in charge and mysteriously went disappear, uh, went went missing during the critical time when they should have been able to you know check on him, and how many of those guards have uh, tacit and sometimes overt connections to the Clintons and like, but. Honestly, within the realm of New York and power and institutions, it's almost impossible to like not have a connection to the Clintons. So uh, mm. that doesn't that doesn't ease my mind. That doesn't make me think like, oh well, you know, it's all just a coincidence, and you know, it's, it, it, it could it could be, but damn man there's a lot of them i mean there's so many like things that had to go wrong for people to leave this guy alone for the 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 specific guards to let him you know have time to himself and for the camera to not be working at that moment when he killed himself and oh it's just it's just like a comedy of of errors that is hard to to believe wasn't scripted. do you do you think that if things went really bad for you you would technically know how to make a noose and no and, i wouldn't have any yourself. idea yeah i i wonder that like who who could really do that what billionaire can do that yeah. what billionaires billionaire can't even that? wipe their own ass yeah billionaires are the most I, I incompetent people couldn't that do it. i can barely tie like, my shoes they're like horrible at just interacting with the planet yeah 
I mean, around them, apart from just doing their little basic thing that they do. I still think the most fascinating thing about the Epstein story is like what exactly it is that he was. Because he was not a financier. He was not a Wall Street guy. He was not an investment guy. Like he was masquerading somewhat convincingly as one, particularly during an age before the internet when I think in an age before social media when you were sort of able to pull the wool over people's eyes a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I mean, Madoff was a complete fraud just on paper for decades, decades. He was fooling people. Um, Sure. I feel like the real interesting story about and and the 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 the, the sweater thread that you would pull on that would yield the most interesting results is the question of like what exactly Jeffrey Epstein was because we have a pretty good idea right now he was a procurer he was somebody who was able to affect the um the uh you know he was able to affect the the, the transport and the the commodification of like the worst impulses of this group of very powerful people Mm. and so like we know that right but like how did he get into that how who put him there who supplied him um the most interesting theory i've heard is that he's not even really he wasn't even like really a person he was just a conduit he was almost like when you hear about the cia or intelligence operations when they when they like when they have a safe house and a mm. safe house is predicated on like, you know, fake documents and a fake business and a fake LLC and a fake, you know, name on a lease. I feel like he was something like that. He was mm. just this. And, and again, I don't know if he, if, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know whether or not it was a situation where he was enticing and trapping or entrapping, I should say. Mm-hmm. The uh, people who were coming into his, um, you know, who were falling for his, or who were interested in his, uh, in 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 the services that he was lending out. Like I don't know if it's like Prince Andrew was like, okay, I want to do these horrible things, and somebody pointed him in the direction of Jeffrey Epstein, or what I think is more likely is that Jeffrey Epstein was a facilitator for this larger. Uh, sort of ritualistic cabal type thing, mm-hmm. where it's like if you want to be a part of this group, this is one of this is something we do, and for us to trust you, like you have to be, you have to come spend a weekend on Jeffrey's Island with us, and you probably you're a piece of shit. You probably want to anyway, but like right. we we aren't going to trust you if you're not somebody who's partaking in this, you know. This 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 ritualistic uh, act and this 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 horrible, um, you know, transgressive act that that like we all agree that our by dint of our power we're able to take part in right like it's 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 part of this like just being able to say fuck the rest of the world we have the power to do this mm-hmm. and come join me and let's hold hands together while we do this fucking horrible shit. And uh, and nobody can stop us because we are who we are. And I, there's like a level of, of 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 like the secret society shit, you know, trust and uh, conformity and uh, like all of that. I think is the more likely answer. And you- if that's the case, I don't think Jeffrey Epstein was actually part of that world. Again, mm. I think he was just a facilitator. He was just 
a ringmaster. He was just somebody who he was a valet, a valet driver, like in that world. He was not mm. one of the billionaires, yeah. quote unquote billionaires. Do you that think was, that there that, is that a pr- doing this shit? Do you think there was like a, a president or a billionaire or, or whatever at some point, some powerful person, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you're 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 one of us. Why don't you come to Jeffrey Epstein's island and you know come have sex with some kids and whatever?" And and the guy was like, "Wait, what?" No, like, I don't think it works that way. No, I know yeah. it'd be funny. It yeah. would be funny, but I don't think it works that way. I think that I think that all by the time it gets to that point. Where the invitation, such as it is, is extended, yeah. um, I think that th- all question or uncertainty as to whether or not like you're somebody who is going to be okay with it is removed. Like people yeah. already know at that point. They're yeah. like when they ask like because I think that there are levels to this shit. And if you read about it, there's all this stuff. Like, have you ever heard about Bohemian Grove? Yeah, yeah. A little okay, bit. so like. I would imagine that participation in Bohemian Grove is probably like a prerequisite, mm. right? Because it's like there's some weird stuff that happens there. I mean, it's high profile enough and it's on a calendar. So I don't think that they are, you know, at Bohemian Grove, they're not going to be like fucking kids or anything like that because it's, you know, there's staff and there are, you know, there are members of the judicial brand, the judicial system, high-ranking judges and stuff like that that go there. I don't think that they're gonna do that horrible shit, but I think it's in degrees. Sure. Like I think that that you know, John's been going to Bohemian Grove with us the last five years. He's uh, you know, he's on the way up. He was a he 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 was a you know junior congressman a few years ago. Now he's running for senate. And, uh, you know, maybe it's time that we tell him about uh, Little King James or Little St. James. <laughs> little and, uh, James. you know, like I think that there's and there's probably a million other things that happen, like little um, rites of passage that happen mm-hmm. throughout yeah. all of that. And this is such a rarefied. You're talking about princes, former presidents, yeah. heads of state, like high end, like the, the some of the richest people in the world. It's right. not like it is joining... I don't know, the Spanish Trails Country Club where all you have to do is pay, I don't know, like 80 grand a year or something like that. And and right. they'll consider you and, and, you know, when there's spot when a spot opens up. We're here, the Riviera Country Club, right? Riviera Country Club, I think it costs like 150 grand a year. It's like three blocks from my house and uh, 150 grand a year. And the spaces like aren't open that often. And it's a pretty well sought after thing with all the, you know, elite snobs that I live around, right? And even that is a million times more accessible than right. this kind of a cabal that we're talking about that is comprised entirely of very, very powerful people. So that's my my, my early read. And that's why I feel like what I think is interesting is that I think that, and I've heard this talked about before, that there is some sort of like uh, a dead man switch. You know what a dead man switch is? No. So like if I tell you that I have something on you and I have set, I've set up circumstances where... It sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> dead man switch. Uh, I set up a circumstance where I'm like, okay, Dave, I know that you're very powerful. And I have this dirt on you. And I have things set up where 
if I go missing or something happens to me, this information will be revealed. Mm-hmm. Right? So I wonder if there's something like that, you know, in, in play with um, with Epstein because we know he kept a lot of meticulous records. We know he kept a lot of video. We mm-hmm. know he um, kept a diary. We know all of these things about him. That he, you know, was very much interested in, in you know, maintaining records of all of these things that that, that he was, um, all of these horrible acts that he was uh, facilitating. Let me, let me ask you something. Do you keep a diary? No. I've thought about that before. My I've diary too. I never have though. No, no. You know how, you know how my diary would be? Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody ever wanted to, after I died, like find out my thoughts and stuff like that. All they would have to do is look back through every day. I, I, I do a to-do list in Evernote. Yeah, and if you read that to-do list, it can read like a diary. It'll yeah. be like, okay, this is what he was thinking about. These are the things he wanted to do. These are This is what his day was like. And it has check boxes so you can see the actual things I did. If yeah. anybody ever like, I don't know, if I die mysteriously and people are like, okay, well, what was he up to? Um, it's not a diary, but if you go into my Evernote, you'll be able to see like that what makes I'm sense. up to. I, my mine goes way back, all the way to I think 2013. You can oh, my see Evernote goes back to 2008. I got to, yeah. I got Evernote when it launched in 2008. Yeah, I, I don't I've actually had a, use I've Evernote. Had a, I've had a to do list mine. on Evernote every day since then, basically. Yeah, it's the best. Um, Dave, tell me about a movie called The Hunt. What should I know about this? <sighs> I mean. Yeah, they, springboarding <laughs> off of topics that we should have talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, that right? we were going to talk about last week. Um, yeah, no, The Hunt is a uh, movie that was coming out from Universal and, and Blumhouse, and uh, and I mean, honestly, it's probably already forgotten by now. But it it was supposed to come out in a few weeks, um, but it got on Trump's radar because somebody uh, read the script, and apparently, it had some. Uh, well, basically, it's like an update of like the running game, uh, or is it the Running Man? Um, like where where they hunt the rich people hunt. Uh, the one that I the one that I heard was the comparisons that I heard were um, Ice T surviving the game. Sure, that 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 kind of a thing too. But yeah, but some people uh, they managed to find the script and they read it, and apparently the people that are getting hunted are quote unquote the deplorables. And the people doing the hunting are liberals. And there was specifically and, a line where somebody was like, did you see what the Cheeto in chief did this yeah, week? Yeah, exactly. And a lot like of that saying, kind of stuff. It's like a purge, but like a, a politically, yeah. like a politically angled or politically yeah. um, oriented, which yeah. I guess in the purge, I guess it is politically oriented too, but... I didn't uh, think the movie looked particularly good, but I mean, it's a, a fun twist on the Was it a comedy on, or was it like idea. a thriller? It was like a, a, an action horror comedy, basically. But yeah, it was definitely meant to be funny. Um, what's her name? Betty Gilpin, I think, from Glow. She she was the main star. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it, 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 it looked all right. Um, but yeah, Trump got hold of it. Uh, he heard from Fox News. That's where he found out because Fox News was reporting, oh my God, can you believe what Hollywood's doing now? They're hunting us. And uh, then that isn't the reason the movie was canceled. That's what this is all about. The movie's entire release was canceled by Universal. Uh, But they're claiming it is because uh, it's not right to 
release a movie where people are hunted in this atmosphere after the multiple shootings that we've had recently. Uh, but of course, that is not the reason whatsoever. There's plenty of movies coming out where, you know, with lots of shootings and people dying and getting killed by guns and all that stuff. That has never stopped them before. Um, but they're turning this into like all those movies that got canceled after 9-11 that involved terrorism. Uh, and it's all because Trump got offended at that whole part of the script. And there, there, there's no question about it. And it really comes down to, uh, you know, is, is, that, is that censorship? Uh, if we're not going to allow movies to get released because... Uh, you know, one party is offended by them. I mean, would we be offending? Would we be banning a movie uh, from like an S. Craig Zoller if it got a little bit further, you know, to the right or anything like that? I don't think we would. Uh, I, I think this is a uh, really dangerous trend. Well, it kind of goes back to like transgression. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, that the liberal order does when it's completely defanged because... Mm-hmm. All you can do is make fiction about what it would be like if you were empowered to actually make any kind of difference. I mean, and mm-hmm. you have to, I guess you have to be presumptive. You have to be like, you have to be like, okay, well, let's, let's live this out. And, 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 and you know, heaven forbid that, that liberals were able to imagine a world where they're able to, you know, enact a progressive agenda and see right. what the world would look like with that and engage in that kind of um you know thought play or whatever like like that's not what it would be but like it's it, you know what it reminds me of honestly it reminds me of this impotent strand of activism perfect example all the votes a million people voting to change the you know the stretch of Park Avenue where um, Trump Tower is to Barack Obama <laughs> Drive, right? That'll 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 teach him. That'll teach him. <laughs> Boom, got him. He's not going to be racist anymore after that. And by the way, I don't even think it'll happen. Like all, all like like is is it that the New York City like legislature has to respond like municipal uh municipal public works committee or whatever has to like respond to change.org now like i mean yeah that's how things happen in this world those are the rules now change.org tells you everything you have to do (laughs) move on we're gonna get ash vs evil dead back for season four (laughs) you know i was i was thinking the other night about um popping on i have not watched any of season three is it worth it it ends well, but I'd say it's roughly as good as season two. So, I mean, which I didn't think was as good as season one, you know? I'd say two and three are roughly Season one was the shit. Season, one, season two kind of lost me a little, and yeah. then I didn't have enough to get into season it's three. It's definitely more the same, but I the last couple episodes really tie up pretty good, though. Dave, let's talk about the thing that I... Um, I want to get your thoughts on that, uh, that concept of, as we move deftly away from politics into something that's a little different... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the idea that all things have a cycle and that they come to an end mm. and that in culture it's the same way right we're into something for a while um you know new metal was a thing for a mm-hmm. long time right and people sure. probably were buying stock in new metal as late as 2005 2000 when was the last 
when was the last big Slipknot or Quarren album? I don't know. 2005? <laughs> uh, Sounds about right. I okay. Mean, yeah. uh, you know, people were into that. And they thought that it would be like that forever. I was telling you, I was chatting with you before we got on. And I've mentioned before on this podcast how I give new all new music that's big. I give it a shot. I like want to mm. hear what it is, why people are listening to it or whatever. I listened to Billie uh, Eilish, I think is the name. Yeah. Billie Eilish. Right. And I uh, listened to like, I don't know, however long, 15 or 20 minutes worth of music is just playing on Spotify. And it was like listening to negative sound. There was <laughs> negative amounts of sound coming out of my phone. I felt like I just closed my eyes and opened them and it was 20 minutes later. And I was like, what happened? There's no, it, there was nothing. It was like ambient noise. It was like, it was, it was nothing. It was not music. I... It was, I got to say, I, as much of an old guy as I am, I actually got to disagree with you. I, I actually kind of like her a little bit. I think that's she's all right. Madness. Yeah. Um, so that's big right now. <laughs> In a few years, it won't be. No, oh, um, definitely. But I, I say that to bring up the concept of movies and like what is, you know, the, the, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that movie a lot and thinking about the way that what people really liked then and what people really like now change. And I overheard this conversation where these these people were talking about um, the concept that there were these stages in the Western, mm-hmm. which was the dominant box office experience for more, I would say about what, like 30 years from like, the early 40s until maybe like the the mid to late 70s, right? Everybody was going to see Westerns. Right. Every yeah. big blockbuster was a Western, right? And I, I told you how there's, you know, what is the, the modern version of the Western? It's the superhero movie, right? The superpower, you know, existing in intellectual property, Marvel, DC, X-Men type stuff. Sure, yeah. And uh, what, what I found interesting was this... Um, this comparison where people were talking about like the early years of, of Westerns, the ascendant form of like it becoming what it was going to be. The Ronald Reagan, the, uh, you know, Roy Rogers, um, uh, John Wayne, early John Wayne, because he actually spanned uh, a couple of these stages. Right. And then later it became a factory almost like it became this well-tuned, finely tuned machine of, of um, hits that were just being, made and made and made and there were three or four big tent pole western movies that would come out every year and they were you know just the 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 equivalent of the modern day blockbuster right and then there that was stage two and then stage three was this upending of uh of the genre where they were where, where directors filmmakers started saying like okay well what else can we do with this how can we sort of pervert this a little bit or mm-hmm. switch it up right and that's where you started to see the the ascendance of like clint eastward clint eastwood and the man with no name and and these like anti-heroes who were right, darker right. and like and then like okay well let's take why don't we take a, a western and uh instead we'll make it a cop in the city but it's still the same beats right and that's where you get like the rise of charles bronson and all these other actors and and um sort of the, the precursors for the modern day action hero. So the upending of those tropes that make up a um, a genre, right? That would be stage three. 
But then nothing mm-hmm. comes after stage three because after that, westerns. And you can apply this logic to a bunch of other, you know, types of ascendant and then disappearing filmmaking that right. came and, and, and left, right? So the modern one, like I said before, it's superheroes. The superhero shit that we talk about sometimes on this show and you talk about over on Piecing It Together. Mm. In terms of like inverting it, perverting it, fucking with it, you know, doing the anti-hero thing. You have things like Logan that in the last few years that have come out, Deadpool. Deadpool, like for sure. the, This TV show, The Boys, is a complete mm. reimagining and 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 like a real brain fuck of an interpretation of um, which it, it was a comic book already like years ago, but the way that they brought it to life, it was like a, a an okay comic book, but the TV show got rave reviews. I watched it; it was really good. I thought it was really funny and interesting, and um, so like. Do you think that we're at the at an epoch or not an epoch at at yeah at like an ending, at an end moment at an end game, as <laughs> if you will. I mean, like, um, there's so many <laughs> so much money tied up in these fucking movies, but like, right? But is there a point where how, how long? I guess would it? Secondary question. After I ask you that, I want to know how many like Captain Marvel or like Black Panther style movies would have to bomb for mm. the strategy of studios to be like maybe maybe this is over it's a good question because i mean none of them do like justice league did but like if you go and look at venom venom made a shitload of money yeah. uh and, and i mean that people consider a freaking failure and a flop and a disaster but i mean it, it made a shitload of money um you, you know, most of these movies are still making so much money. It just does not seem to be slowing down. And yeah, I mean, Disney uh, just crossed the, uh, they, they just set the record for the most movies to cross a billion dollars in one year. Um, it just does not seem to show any signs of slowing down, even though, you know, all data would say that you're right that you know it has to slow down at some point something else has to become the big thing again but uh i just don't i don't understand the momentum that comic book movies has i don't i don't see how it's going to have an end um as far as like a number of flops i i i just can't even imagine there being that many I, i can only imagine there being like oh this one of them underperformed a little bit and the rest of them all did huge freaking box office um do you know the, I mean, it's not really a comic book movie, but kind of comic book adjacent. Uh, the the Lion King live action remake is already the 10th biggest movie of all time. That's crazy. Maybe that's the next thing. I mean, it, is it's it insane. universally acknowledged as like the only good one of those, those live action remakes that they've been doing? Um, I don't know. I think people liked Beauty and the Beast and... Really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I mean, and you know, Aladdin was a huge hit too. People expected that to be a big flop, and it, it was it was huge. It, it, they're actually talking about doing a sequel to it. Um, that, that's how big it was. 
yeah, Disney just really just shows no sign of slowing down. They just keep making money and everybody keeps going and seeing their movies while everything else nobody wants to see. Um, th- this new movie, Blinded by the Light, that opened this weekend, a smaller movie about... You know, this kid, this Pakistani kid who's, you know, learns that, you know, there's more out there in life because of the songs of Bruce Springsteen. It's actually a really fun, beautiful, like heartwarming movie. And nobody went to fucking see it. No yeah, one I heard it bombed. Like, yeah, yeah, totally bombed. And it's great. But uh, all people want is, is whatever Disney's doing. Meanwhile, there's but then this, they like, bitch about Disney, but then they keep going. And meanwhile, see there's it. this like Wonder Woman 1984, like set pictures or whatever and they all uh-huh. it just is like it'll just make a billion dollars and yeah probably like <laughs> name a th- like I'll, I'll ask you in like a year and a half like name a thing that happened in wonder woman 1984 seriously name a thing anything that happened all Dude, i could tell you is chris pine was great name a thing that happened in black panther name something anything that happened in black panther uh the bad guy had little little things under his skin yeah that's true what's his yeah. name michael b jordan had had um had weird like skin bumps had like razor yeah. razor rash on his skin <laughs> um so okay so we are in agreement that superhero movies are over got it yes yeah um we just, we just put the final nail in the coffin dave why don't we wrap it up here uh I think next week we want to do a do I have to, right? Have you given yeah. it any thought of like what? I actually did. Um, I had a few things and, and I hadn't decided on which one, but I'm just going to go ahead and pick one right now. Why don't you uh, remind people what do I have to is? Sure. So do I have to is a recurring bit here on the show where uh, me and Q come up with something we really want the other person to to do, to experience. And it's something that they probably will like, but uh, they probably wouldn't have gone ahead and done it without the other one pushing them. And uh, it's something we've done a few times now, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back. Okay, so why don't you start? Tell me what it is that I'm gonna have to do. I would like you to watch a movie that you probably wouldn't watch unless I was making you do it for this show. Okay, uh, it is a movie from Harmony Korine and starring Matthew McConaughey and Zac Efron and Martin Lawrence and Snoop Dogg and Isla Fisher. It's called The Beach Bum, and it is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, We did a Piecing It Together episode on it, and some puzzle pieces just to get you in the mood uh, were Pootie Tang, Kung Pao, and uh, other movies that we used to love back in our 20s. <laughs> and that's why I want you to watch this movie. Okay, oh, Freddie Got Fingered was one of our puzzle pieces. Was this... Um, okay, yeah. what am I about to watch? Is this a good movie or is this a, like, Pootie Tang good movie? Well, that that's, that's a good question. Um, it, it's certainly not going to win any Oscars. Um, it's not going to... Uh, uh, it, it's not, it's not going to change your life in any way, but it, it's... It's a well-made movie, uh, some great performances, some really, really funny moments, and it's completely out there and, and unlike really anything that comes out nowadays. And it was in the theater, and that's one of the one of the charms of it, that a movie this crazy was in the theaters. Because, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, I'm down. 
I remember this movie coming out. It made like yeah. no buzz. Like, no, it, it was a, it was it a came small and movie. Went fast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was shocked that it even got a theatrical release. It was in like four theaters, which is a lot for a movie like this. But, um, but yeah, it, it was way better than I expected. It's currently, I think, at my like number five spot for the year so far. I mean, that's how much I love this movie. So, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. All right, Dave. Well. Turnabout is fair play, as it were. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you another Do I Have To that is music-based. I've made a mm-hmm. SoundCloud. I'm sorry. I've made a um, I've made a Spotify playlist that I think I shared with you. Do, do you need me to play share it with you again or no? Send it to me an email so I don't lose it. It's in Messenger somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be a Spotify playlist of a band that's not really actually a band. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a group that is called the Jones Sisters. The Jones Sisters. Now, there have been Jones Sisters bands in the past of mm-hmm. some um, remark and some fame, but not for a really long time. This is a modern grouping of musicians and creative people who put together um, the soundtrack for the Epics television show Perpetual Grace. And. So they're basically just a studio band for this one. My understanding is they're a studio band for this one express purpose of creating a soundtrack for this. Um, Really, I think, incredible and like heartfelt season of television uh, made by um, made by Stephen Conrad. Yeah, this this is the guy who I've told you before about. He made the TV show The Patriot. He Mm, um, he was the I believe the writer. Actually, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He was the writer for movies like uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Wonder. Um, he wrote Weatherman. Remember Weatherman? We both really liked yeah. that. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and so he, he's uh, just a, got like a real unique vision and a unique uh, sensibility with these two shows that he's created in the past few years, Patriot and this time Perpetual Greats LLC. Um, I'm not going to ask you to watch the TV show. I think you should do that. I think anybody should do that out there. It's a great show. Uh, what I am going to ask you to do is listen to this music because I feel like it's right up your alley. And I think that you'll really, really enjoy it. Um, it's uh, kind of folk, um, a little bit of country, but it, it's it's great. It uses a lot of different musicians you'll recognize. Um but yeah, anyway, I want you to check it out. I'm emailing you now the link. It is the Jones Sisters. And I want to hear what you think. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward Sounds to good. you. Uh, so what else? What, 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 what things should we know? I heard you booked a live show. Is that true? It's true. I'm still uh, uh, getting all the details together. But Sunday, September 15th at the Sin City Horror Fest is going to be the first ever live Piecing It Together episode. We're going to be uh, doing the the whole Piecing It Together thing uh, for one of the films that's playing on their closing night, one of their big like closing night local feature film. Uh, so, yeah, I'll have more details about that really soon. Um, you can check out a couple of articles that I've written recently. I just felt the need to, or the, the, the movement to publish some bullshit. Um, I, I did an op-ed in the South Florida Sun Sentinel about um, how lonely it is to be a 
a progressive. Uh, we didn't really even get into politics in this episode. I'm sure you love that. Uh, <laughs> but how lonely it is to be a progressive in, um, in, in South Florida and Miami. And then I also wrote sort of a tongue-in-cheek piece of satire for FloridaPolitics.com that um, <laughs> went completely over the head of everybody who, who, who read it and they thought that I was being that I was seriously an actual Republican, <laughs> so completely missed the point on that one. And uh, which which sucks because it was great and I got it. I mean, maybe because I know you know because you know me. I, mean, I guess that's the reason. Why yeah, you got but it. I mean, I I got it and I thought it was great. So um, yeah, you can read those. Check them out. They're on birdroadpodcast.com. So enjoy that, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.